everybody's always like they don't teach you how to do taxes in school they don't teach you how to sign contracts in school which i think is a much more important thing much more important they don't teach you natural contract law they don't teach you the basics like don't put other people's names down on a contract focus is always leading bible studies on how to enter into a covenant with god but nobody's ever teaching you a bible study about how to sign a contract for your podcast (laughs) co-host i could use a bible study on that for once bible study on that Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that commits perjury. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Can we admit that on the Seek 21 live? Like, is it? Let me ask you this question. If I, let's, allegedly, like, let's <laughs> let's say maybe that I uh-huh. might have signed the contract with Focus with Patrick's name. Without me knowing. Without him knowing. Yeah. Maybe. This might have happened, right? We don't know. Allegedly. It's, allegedly. And so you can't actually prove it from this podcast. Would I get in trouble? Um, I don't there, know, but I think like no if I broke, involved. yeah, but like if I broke the, co- that's the thing is like when it comes to contracts, you don't want to go into a contract with someone that you think might break it, you know, because it's like it's more expensive to litigate a broken contract than it is to like, you know, make someone do a podcast for you, you know. Like there's no, there's no like. I do have another question though of like yeah, how in in court. Right. Uh-huh. So contracts these days, you don't even really sign them. They just say contracts type, these type days your name in here. Media. Yeah. Type your name. Type your name in here. And then and then it has another box where you you sign it. But it just you type in your name in a different font. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you've signed it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering how the court would know. <laughs> like, is so, there any is there any proof if I did, in fact, do that? So what what about those? I I know from using Adobe adobe pdf you can't edit the pdf once you click the sign button Uh, so the program itself makes it so it's like it's kind of contracty but similar to actually signing a contract there's no way to prove that you are the person great you could you could could, i mean even with a even with a a, an in-person contract you could have signed my name it's like the credit card machines at McDonald's. Yeah, you can sign someone else. You can sign Donald Duck. It doesn't matter. I know? do a smiley face when it when they turn it back to me. I always do a big, big smiley <laughs> face. And every time I'm with somebody, they're like, "What did you just do?" And I was like, "It does, they don't check it. Like, they don't check <laughs> it. What, what you, they're supposed to do is they're supposed. So there's going to gonna be an FBI agent that comes to my house and holds up a picture of the smiley face that I drew and compare it to my face and just check and see if it was actually me. So at at this little white square on your on your debit card, this is an audio podcast patrick you're sorry <laughs> i'm showing you i'm not going to show my debit card to a live stream uh that little white space you're supposed to We're sign recording it. the video i know but what are you I, talking about? we're like recording the video and i like pull out my credit card to make a point show like this is what a credit card, credit card looks, looks like. like here's the front and here's, here's the, back. the back have fun <laughs> If you look at the back of your credit card, there's a little white space where you're supposed to sign it. And apparently, back in the ancient days, in the yeah. 1990s, yeah. they were you were supposed to sign the thing, and then you were supposed to like show them your driver's license and the credit card to make sure the signatures matched. Wow, I know, right? That's wild. They don't do that anymore. No, they don't. Which is why identity theft is such a problem. <laughs> yeah. Now, if they if they want to check your ID when you buy alcohol, they don't even look at the date on the front. They just do a they scan the barcode on the back. Like what? When did I become property of the state? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
That's crazy. It feels kind of weird. It, kinda, it feels kind of dehumanizing, right? I feel like I feel like Daffy Duck in that in that episode of the movie Space Jam, where <laughs> 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 where he kisses the big WB that's stamped onto his butt uh, for Warner uh-huh. Brothers because he's property yeah. of Warner Brothers. That's, that's how I feel every time someone at the liquor store does a barcode scan of my driver's license. Anyway. I am the property of the state. Liquor laws in Pennsylvania are ridiculous. Apparently, you, apparently there are licenses to sell to distribute alcohol, and there are only a certain amount. So the 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 Pennsylvania state has a quota; they can't mm-hmm. get over like X number of thousand of liquor licenses. And so, in order to become a liquor distributor in the state of Pennsylvania or a beer distributor, you have to pay someone else like sixty thousand dollars for wow. their license. I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Or you could challenge them to mortal combat. <laughs> you could challenge them to a bar fight. It's crazy that the laws in Pennsylvania made it really so that all of the liquor sellers had to get into a gladiator arena and duke it out to see who could actually sell liquor. <laughs> Seems Not like an unintended effective. consequence of ancient laws, of, of outdated liquor laws. Um, we should probably tell people what this is that they're listening to. Oh, this is The Crunch, the only podcast that <laughs> the only podcast that has power of attorney over its own, over its co-host. <laughs> Uh, this is the Crunch Podcast. If you're listening to this, it's Seek 21. Welcome to Seek 21. I have no idea how this is going to get delivered to you. I'm a focused missionary, and I have no idea when the pod... Like, it, my timesheet that they've given me doesn't include podcast time. So I don't know when you're going to get to listen to this. Um, but I hope you're listening to it, and I hope you're with your friends, and I hope you're having a good time. It's Seek yeah. 21. Sponsored by the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. I guess it's not sponsored by it. They're the ones that are running it. Sponsored by the Crunch, baby. Sponsored by the Crunch. We, for those of you who don't know, Ethan and I have a long history of. We have a uh, storied past. We have a storied past focus of the focus conferences, conferences and 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 uh, handing out business cards thereof. Ten thousand business cards. Ten thousand. We bought ten thousand <laughs> business cards for our first seat conference, and then within one year, we were podcasting live. Right. Yeah, oh, man. We, we met for the first time at Seek 2017, mm-hmm. uh, which was a weird hug that we gave each other. Yeah, it was like we we had never touched before. We had first. never touched, and you go in for the hug, and you're like, oh, "This is another body. This is what you're <laughs> supposed to do when you meet another Catholic." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for 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 the you you probably listen to a ton of different Catholic podcasts. What sets the Crunch Podcast apart is some podcasts are started by buddies who start a podcast, but we were strangers who started a podcast and then became friends. Isn't that right, Ethan? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Catholic podcasters, have you seen those those videos that Word on Fire has released recently? No. Of Bishop Barron walking around Annapolis, Maryland. No. That's why I said Maryland earlier. But it's oh. it is the funniest. It's so ridiculous because I don't know what the all respect to the Word on Fire people. They're doing much better things than I could ever do. But for whatever reason, they uploaded these like little two to three minute videos of just Bishop Barron walking around this historic city and saying, oh, wow, this that's incredible. Oh, look at this architecture. Oh, that's amazing. And then he turns to the camera and says, you know, I think the architecture here is just really amazing. And he repeats what he was saying to himself that you could hear <laughs> from the microphone to the camera. <laughs> and there's just so much B-roll footage with like this dramatic, like old Americana music playing of uh-huh. just him walking through the city. <laughs> they're, starting a, they're starting a, 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 new, a new channel called, Ar- called Architecture on Fire. 
Uh, <laughs> and it's just, just him building, just, burning. Just him, hands shoved in his pockets, <laughs> looking around, saying, "Oh yes, look at this, the dome there. It's very wonderful. Yes, indeed." And and that's it. And I just, I'm just wondering, like, who at Word on Fire said, "You know what the internet really needs right now in 2021 is just Bishop Barron walking." Is he wearing a <laughs> for, shirt? Is he, wearing, is he wearing a Hawaiian time. shirt? He was not wearing that Hawaiian shirt. No, that's sad. All priests uh, in their off time wear Hawaiian shirts. This is my. Yes. This is what I've learned from my years in ministry. And I'm just thinking, like, when is somebody going to pay us to walk around and kind of <laughs> vaguely point at things around us and, and remark on them? When do we get paid to do that? Uh, anyway, what's uh, what's been going on? What do you want to tell the people who are right now at Seek 2021? Oh, man. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything uh, specific. Here's the, here's, here's the issue that I'm running into, right? Yeah, tell me. Seek is a magical time of year. Yeah. Just hear like song music started to play in the background. Mm-hmm. Seek is a magical time of year, a time for friends to come together. And not a lot of friends are together this year. And that's sad for me. Even though I got to actually spend New Year's Eve with my family, which is something I haven't done in four years. Um, <laughs> we, I really do miss being around a bunch of Catholic young adults in a very hyper and sleepless environment. How, how how about you? Do you feel you really you come alive at Seek? Oh in my opinion. gosh! <laughs> this year, this year on New Year's Eve, I went to bed at ten thirty. You're joking! I'm so not you joking. didn't get my text that said, "How's 2020, nerd?" Uh, I got it the next morning. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't 2020 anymore? <laughs> no, so it kind of lost its effect. I, I send all my I send all my uh, my Central Time friends on New Year's Eve <laughs> when it hits 20, when it hits midnight in on the East Coast. I send them all. How's 2020, nerds? Texts. Mm-hmm. Very... Even no matter what year it is, you always say, "How's 2020, nerds?" <laughs> um, yes, I. It is. It is crazy how how it's not that I become different. It's just that I I feel like seek is the closest that I'm going to get to the, 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 the beatific vision here on this earth. There's, there's priests everywhere. There's nuns everywhere. There's good Catholic people everywhere. Um, it's, it's incredible. There's not going to be any Patagonia in heaven. Uh, so that is something for, for all of you, you kids out there. It's like, you're not, you're not impressing anybody. Um, (laughs) St. Francis of Assisi would not have worn Chacos. We all know this. It's it's one of those things where it's like there's so many people there that I know and I'm able to stop and talk to so many people and have so many great conversations and just really get to talk to people that you only get to talk to every once in a while in person. And there's something about that that's just really special. And that's probably why I'm going to keep going back to, to seek even after I'm not oh, a focus yeah, missionary anymore. Because I think more and more, I hope that focus starts to understand that like its role in the ministry world our vis-a-vis seek is to give a place for everybody to get together and hang out um and like give people a reason to get together and hang out and like be where other people are so that we can have great conversations and have a great mm-hmm. time absolutely uh, and that's I, that's like something that's weird that's kind of missing you know from elsewhere in the church and so th- it is sad that it's not like that this year but i'm eager to see what it looks like in the future definitely yeah definitely and i hope that we get to podcast from a tiny little bus once more i hope we get to podcast from a stage when are they going to start giving <laughs> everybody knows that father mike schmidt's uh, bible in your podcast broke the glass ceiling right like catholic podcasts are now I don't, that's are... not what the glass ceiling is ethan but go ahead <laughs> <laughs> a man's podcast broke the glass ceiling <laughs> a celibate man fair the glass ceiling is the idea that the the thing that separates women from being promoted in businesses is it exclusively women i thought it was just any sort of uh hindered group 
I think I think it may be that now, but from what when I first heard about it, it's like uh, okay. the glass ceiling. Is well, I was just saying, like, there's there's nary been uh, a Catholic podcast in the in the top you know ranks of podcasts. Yeah, and Father Mike Schmitz broke a lot of records mm-hmm. uh, just by being handsome and knowing about the Bible. And I'm just saying, seek focus needs to understand that the podcasters are yeah. are are a bigger deal now than mm-hmm. than than just about anything, and, and that includes us. And you know what this means? This means that in order for us to break handsome, knowing about the Bible, that means all we got to do is learn a lot about the Bible, and we're right up there, baby. We're yeah. right up there with Father Mike. <laughs> all we have to do is learn about the Bible, which I'm <laughs> trying to do. Just be like, just if you ever want to really impress Father Mike Schmitz, just walk up to him and be like, so, do you think Q is real or not? I just made Patrick spit out his water. I'm sorry, I forgot. I, for a second, I forgot about the Q thing. For I thought you were talking about QAnon. I was like, that's weird. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be super funny if all of the Q drops were from Q? <laughs> well, I was, I was literally oh, reading. Boy. I was reading uh, for my for my uh, dogmatic theology class. I was reading a book on dogmatic theology, and it was talking about the sources of the Gospels, and it mentioned Q, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That was way out of left field because I was like, I was like, I'm listening to conspiracy theory analysis podcasts and stuff. And so like I was, my brain was in a completely different place, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I texted you about this. It was the funniest thing in the world. Someone, it was like, for those of you who don't know, Q is this, this hypothetical source of the gospels. People in the, in the 20th century theologians were like, well, where did, where did Matthew get his, his material from? Where did Mark get his material from? So they imagined this, uh, this source called Q that all the Gospels gathered. Yeah, it's basically a way for, to, to reconcile all the similarities between Matthew, Luke, and Mark. Um, yeah. To say, like, there was one source that they all kind of referenced from, and they all pulled material from, because there's so many uh, identical sections and paragraphs mm-hmm. and sentences from those three gospels that they were like okay surely there's some source but they couldn't find it there's no evidence of it so they called it q which is the first word letter of a german word like quell, quell. or something like that yeah yeah, or, yeah quell yeah um, and so anyway. then i was reading this book and then it was like someone in the 20 in the late 20th century pointed out that uh hebrew uh hebrew cultures in that time period had a lot of oral tradition which was built on mimetic phrases stuff you could remember really easily and he wrote a he wrote a breakthrough paper about maybe there is no cue. Maybe the source was the 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 sayings of Jesus. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> wow. that's How wild. much money did they pay you to come up with that one? That's 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 really that's really breakthrough material, huh? What if the gospel was actually <laughs> Jesus the whole time? <laughs> that's an the, M Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> the real gospel was the friends we made along the way. Um, oh man. So yeah, isn't it just funny that for years biblical scholars have been just have been doing Q drops this whole time? They had no idea that that's what they were doing. <laughs> Scratching their heads. That's funny. There's it. such a, there's such a small window of people that would that would get kind of the Q drop Q biblical reference. Because uh, yeah. there's probably some people that don't know either of what we're talking about or only know one or the other, but not both. And that's what we're here for. We're the <laughs> we're we are the only Catholic podcast at Seek Twenty One that's going to reference both Q and Q drops in in the same <laughs> podcast. You're not going to get this anywhere else. Uh, Very different from eye drops. I imagined like the Apple logo, like eye drops. <laughs> I was like, eye drops my phone. Get I it? Drops my phone. Do you want to get into the topic, Pat? I do want to get into the topic. Welcome back to our virtual Volkswagen bus in the middle of an Arizona convention center. I am your host, Patrick. 
I'm still uh, Ethan. It's the same podcast. Oh, we haven't, sorry. We haven't, yeah. we haven't cut cut. There's no cutaways. On there's this, no cutaways here <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. So... I was watching a a video on the YouTube's it's recently. Dangerous, dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff, and I was uh, I was I was watching it, and it was a commentary video about minimalism. Have you mm. seen the minimalism documentary or listened to their podcast or heard about their books ever? The minimalists. I know what minimalism is, and that's about okay. as far as I've gotten. So it definitely didn't, the, the idea definitely didn't or originate with them because there are people like St. Francis of Assisi who've been doing it, uh, you know, Better. who did, did it a long time ago. But there are these guys called the minimalists and they look exactly like you would expect Silicon Valley tech gurus to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, black t-shirt, jeans, uh, Converse, etc., Toms or whatever you want. There, there are these guys, the minimalists, and, and this, this YouTuber was doing a commentary video on their documentary because their documentary was a little, what's the word? It was a little just platitudes, and it was mm. just very empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he he <laughs> he pointed out that their 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 commentary for the the documentary, their like their voiceovers, was just basically their TED talk, just in a documentary form. Uh huh. And he made a joke that's like that's very minimalist, just re reusing the same <laughs> reusing thing over your content. <laughs> but these guys have made thousands of dollars thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh preaching the minimalist gospel right mm, mm-hmm. have less stuff focus on the important stuff and you'll be happier yes and the the youtuber i was watching was said he showed a clip of them talking about he was like my my life i was just i was just looking to fill a void in my heart i had this void in my heart and i was just trying to fill it with stuff and so i got rid of all the stuff and the YouTuber was like, okay, then what filled the void? Like, you were trying to fill a void with all of this stuff. He started a, a multi, multi-thousand dollar business, and now that And then that the filled the void. Exactly, <laughs> right? It's like, he's like, you, you, but all, he, all the guy said was, I had a void. I was filling it with stuff. And that's wrong. So I got rid of all the stuff. And so now you just have a void again. And, and yet the void remains, yes. And yet the void remains. And... It, it reminded me of the movie Soul. We talked about the movie Soul. About, on, like, our there's Patreon all these, on our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash The Crunch. We talked about Soul. And how the movie doesn't really distinguish between... It, the movie essentially says, make your own meaning of life. And there are ways to not do that. But it doesn't really tell you what the good way to make... What a good meaning is, you know? it's It shows the hedge fund manager and he's like not living a good life. But it's like, why not? Why is yeah. the hedge fund manager not living a good life? Like it's managing right. a hedge fund, not a good. They just assume life. that everybody who manages hedge funds are just sad people. Exactly, and it's, so it's a stereotype, and I won't stand by it. It's it's a, it's a stereotype, and it's because we have this 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 uh, this decaying Christian idea mm-hmm. that like stuff is bad mm-hmm. and stuff ties you down, and so we're like, oh, okay, cool, I'll get rid of all my stuff, like the minimalists say. But then, but that doesn't getting rid of the stuff doesn't doesn't actually answer the question and it reminds us it reminds me of our podcast a couple of weeks ago or last week where we talked about acting like a saint as opposed to being a saint yeah 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 
And I think the minimalism appeal is that. You feel like you're living this aesthetic life without any of the spiritual motivations behind it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I was I was talking about this on my Instagram story yesterday at Patrick Nevy the third, always be plugging. And I <laughs> I started thinking about this concept of the void. And you mentioned we've we've heard it called the God shaped hole in your heart. And so when you start talking about the void, every Christian goes, Okay, yeah, I know the answer to that question. It's Jesus. It's Jesus, and Jesus fills the void. And like everybody listening to this podcast A probably plus. knows that answer. But I don't I think that sometimes we use that as a shortcut. Like we know that there's a void in our heart and we know that God is the answer, yet we've never felt the void. Mm-hmm. And I think feeling the void is a necessary thing that we all have to do at some point. Yeah, I think it's really easy to uh, to know that God is the answer to your void. And so instead of actually filling your void with God, you you fill your void with religious things and religious ideas and religious books. And because you're you're reading a bunch of books about God and because you're going to a conference about God, Seek 21, mm-hmm. And because you're, you go to a Bible study or you, you go to church on Sundays or maybe even church multiple times a week, there, you've created a life for yourself where you don't have to experience the void because you know that God's the answer. So obviously I'm going to do all these things and then I'll be, I'll be happy, right? I'm in and proximity then, to God often. So therefore yes. I'll never feel the void. But then there's no, uh, there's no, there's no next step from that. Like you only have so many hours in a day. So there's only your max limit is 24 hours a day being spent on doing doing God stuff, you know? Uh, and then you got to take away some time for sleep. So maybe max 16 hours a day, but then you got to eat. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there is an upper limit to how much you can do in that realm. And God so, stuff, I've, yeah. and it's, it's the exact same thing that we think of like with money, right? You can, I mean, money is infinite now because we can just print more, but... <laughs> <laughs> there was there used to be this notion of everything on earth is finite and and there's only a finite number of things that you can acquire. So even if you had everything in the world, it would still be finite, you know? And so we can we can see that and very and cl- clearly point to it um from the materialist point of view. But then when you start looking at it from okay, I I've, I've got this this Christian materialism, if I can dub a new philosophical term, Mm-hmm. of I'm going to, but there's, but we don't recognize the finiteness of living that kind of life, the finiteness of trying to fill a void with Father Mike Schmidt's Bible and a year podcast and uh, Catholic stuff you should know and uh, 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 the catechism of the Catholic church and the uh, revised standard edition, <laughs> second Catholic edition, uh, Ignatius Catholic study Bible, New Testament, you know? Yeah. I'm just reading the things on my All desk now. That's on your desk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and everybody poops, uh, and uh, good night, moon, and yeah. Um, it's okay to be sad when you drop your ice cream on your new tennis shoes. <laughs> All the stuff that's on my desk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think, and I, I think I've been I've been dealing with this recently. I'm having a little bit of a mini existential crisis. Oh no! But it's not an existential crisis. I I, I don't exactly I don't exactly. You can't have a crisis on the podcast. People need us, Patrick. Yeah, it's true. You can't have a crisis on the podcast. I I just don't know how to describe it because it's just it's not existential in the sense that like I don't have a meaning in my life, mm. but I'm coming up against a an important truth, and it's a stark truth 
that life is actually meaningless unless God exists. Yes. And I don't think, I don't think that's an easy thing to do. And I, 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 again, like in response to my Instagram story, I had a friend, I I talked about, I talked about this. I was like, I was like, you got to feel the void. Unless you feel the void, you're not going to realize that God is the only answer. You're not going to realize that God is the answer to your heart's deepest desire. And I, I had a friend from high school who's not a practicing Catholic anymore. And he, whether jokingly or not, there's a little bit of truth in every joke. He, he responded to my story and he said, no, I like, I like seeking purely physical pleasure and material things. And he's like, and I will, I will follow those desires until I alienate all of my loved ones and end up in a gutter somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he like legit, he like actually said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like knowing him, do I know this person? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Knowing knowing him, he was definitely saying it tongue in cheek. Yeah. But also knowing him, I know that he would definitely he definitely feels that in the deeper recesses mm-hmm. of his heart, where he's like, mm-hmm. "This is the only the only direction that I can go." And it seems to me that he has confronted the meaninglessness and the absurdity of life. And he has made the decision to actively suppress that feeling because that's the other, that's the third response. You know, you can, you can confront the void and you can seek God because of it. You can confront the void and convince yourself you're strong enough to face the void every day and still live. Or you can make the decision to actively run away from the void and suppress your desire. But the, the only the only illogical response is to pretend the void isn't there. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think more Christians today do that than mm. I think more Christians today do uh, pretend the void isn't there and then try to do the first option while they're actually doing the third option. They're running away from the void, but they've convinced themselves that they're pursuing God. And so it's, it just makes me really, really sad as a missionary to go out onto campus and then have people who are bought in like they, they love coming to mass, right. But they're scared to death to talk about Jesus to anybody other than people who they know mm-hmm. already believe in him. And there's, there's tons of students here and there's tons of people everywhere, right? I mean, this is, this is a college podcast. And so, uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably in college, but there's people everywhere who need an answer to that question. And there's tons of Christians who were they not, either pretending the void didn't exist or running away from the void could actually provide an answer to that question. But instead we fill our lives with garbage and junk and we convince ourselves that we're living piously. And then that is going to save us. And then we, we don't actually help anybody. There's no, there's no sense of, okay, the void is a problem for me, which means the void is also a problem for everyone. So if I have the answer to the void, then I need to share the answer to the void with everybody that I possibly can because and and I think that involves with what you said originally, which is we have to experience the void first before we realize we have to realize how bad it is. You know, we have to realize how, how scary hell is. Yeah. Um, and this is unironically what I think the movie bird box was about. I didn't see the movie bird box. It's I about a think, monster. I, I do think that a box of birds is very scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to open that thing. 
I don't know what's going to happen. Birds are pretty scary. They're very unpredictable. <laughs> they've that's the got, problem with them. They've got claws and wings. That's like know, how they, every that's how every demon is described in every piece of literature is having <laughs> wings and claws. And that's what birds have. It's scary stuff. <laughs> birds are demons and they're not real. Um <laughs> But it's the movie Bird Box was a horror movie about a monster where if you look at it, you kill yourself. Ah. Yeah. And the per- the point of the movie was like they had to get from point A to point B wearing blindfolds because they couldn't look at the monster. Otherwise, they would kill themselves. And um, there were other people in the world that were like villains where like they looked at the monster and they didn't die. They, they didn't kill themselves. They just went crazy. And they tried to pull people's blindfolds off and get them to look at the monster. Mm -hmm. So they would kill themselves. Right. And my interpretation of that, back when this came out, it was like last, I think it was the winter before, I think it was the winter of 2019, it came out. I was like, the the monster is the void. The monster is the existential reality of the meaninglessness of life. And everyone's trying not to look at it because if Mm -hmm. they do, they're going Mm -hmm. to realize their life is meaningless and they're going to kill themselves. And the crazy people are the existentialists or the Nietzscheans or they're trying, they're trying to get everyone to see the meaninglessness because they think the meaninglessness is beautiful. But what this, what this, the director, the the author of the book that this is based on, I don't think he understood is that the void is not evil. The void is good. The void is a good thing because without it, we would not seek the source of our existence. Mm -hmm. The void is something that you should face because it leads you to God and it leads you to it leads you to a more peaceful life, I think. I think. Yeah. A lot of times we talk about the internet uh in terms of like the infinitude of God has been replaced with the infinitude of the internet, you know? It's technically the internet is finite. Technically. It's the same wing with like money. Like we can just, we just print more websites. Like we can just have more or outer space. Technically it's finite. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I think in our modern day, Satan is always taking that, which is true and good and distorting it. And I think in our modern day, maybe in the past it was, it was outer space. And like, that's why everybody was always looking up and trying to be like, where's is earth at the center? Is it the sun at the center? Or are, are we going to kill Galileo? Are we friends? What's going on? But now everything's about the internet. And I think it's because Satan is using this technology, which is finite, to convince us that the void is like evil, you know, because we recognize we have this internet addiction and we get into the internet, we get in there and there's all this bad stuff happening and you get lost in, you can, you could be on the internet all day when never, you could be on the internet all day, every day for the rest of your life and never run out of things to look at and things to do for forever, literally for the rest of your life. And because of that existing right now, there's no way to apprehend the real void and to recognize it as a good thing because we think about just the void that we see on our screens every day and we all kind of know that it's wrong and that it's a bad void, you know? And so it's like, yeah. And so then when we try to turn and face the actual void, which is uh, existence without God, then there's no real grid for like, how do I take this void that I know and apply it to this void that I don't know? I don't know. I'm going to go back to the void that I do know, which is the internet. And I'm just going to stay here. Um, and so I think we have to swan dive into the void, you know, we gotta, we gotta get up on the high dive, look Mm -hmm. down and, and do, do a freaking gainer uh, off the, off the (laughs) 10 foot board 
into the into the freaking void because otherwise we're just going to be we're going to be running around in circles in the in the kiddie pool of the internet and and never actually face the the realness of it. I don't know if that makes sense, but I was just thinking about that in my mind. Yeah. I'm I'm unsure if this is something that you can rush into because <laughs> I bless you. I brought it I brought it up to my wife yesterday and she was, you know, like as we were falling asleep, I was like, "Hey, so I've been having like an existential crisis recently." <laughs> like i was just thinking about how everyone that i love is gonna die and i might mm-hmm. live to see it and yeah some of those it's statistically likely that those not all of those deaths are going to be quite peaceful you know some of them might be very hard and <clears throat> i'm just trying to square that with my you know con- conviction and belief that god is good and yet this happens and and in morning prayer this morning uh the reading was from job the lord gives the lord takes away blessed be the name of the lord and it's very it was very interesting that a man who and uh, in in the book of job a man who experiences the utter destruction of everything that he holds dear yet still holds fast to god and i think the only way that you can do that is by letting yourself letting yourself face the void and it's something that i think a lot of us avoid huh. hmm. a void yeah. um yeah avoid a meaning not void um, void meaning void void meaning void i i i think but i do think it's something that we shouldn't rush into because it can be quite jarring and there's a reason why there's a reason why in our post-christian functionally atheistic culture people have midlife crises and existential crises is because we aren't exact. We don't have the, we don't have the, the traditional fundamental outlook on the, on the world that helps people go through that. You know, we're as opposed to starting from a Christian worldview where the world is imbued with grace and imbued with goodness, the world is imbued with meaninglessness. And so we don't have like, we don't have a, a, a coping mechanism essentially right. so like there's nothing there's nothing i can make or use out of this world to help me deal with the void like i've been trained my whole life to just see everything around me as an opportunity for utility and that's about yeah. it or just and ones and zeros essentially right you know like the sun is no longer a symbol for divine justice the sun is just a star that's a little bit colder than other stars so we don't get burned up by it that's so sad because the sun being a symbol of divine justice is so radical you know, I was driving home one day and I was thinking about justice and I was thinking mm-hmm. about the the virtues and I like You're felt the nerd. sun beating down on me. And I was like, it was so, like, it was like, it was like a tan. I can, I was like, I now understand why the ancient philosophers talked about the sun and talked about justice because they, while they were doing this thing, thinking about these in, in these, these natural virtues that have, that stretch across time, they were standing under this exact same sun thinking about these exact same intangible virtues that we all strive for. And they felt that as a symbol of something more real. And I'm ripping off catching foxes right now, but wait, really? With, yeah. That, that a little bit, they just mentioned this recently, the sun thing, but like mm, the, the, the sun, sun being a little, the sun just being a colder star that doesn't burn us, you know, like that's all it is now. It's not and and, when you step, it's like that's true. That is what it is. But it also is truly a symbol of divine justice. Yeah, it is truly a symbol of the love of God. Uh, and and I think I think the lie of the lie of modernism and the lie of our current way of looking at the world is that 
the sun being a star is more real than the sun being a symbol of God's love. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. that lie has made it harder for us to confront the void because there's already a meaninglessness in the world, in the created world in years prior in centuries prior, there was a meaningfulness in the world. And so you could turn to the constants, you know, like the mountains are always there. The waves and wind still know his name, right? Those things. And is that oceans? That's oceans, but it's also in scripture. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, we hope it's so. like, I would hope so. Uh, it's like the, 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 the world, the, the created world still cries out the name of God. And we can look to that when there's a meaninglessness in our own life, because I'm sure the ancients also went through this process of, oh, I've been searching for power and money and pleasure. And those things are fleeting. But look at all the things that are natural. All of these things are so constant. There must be someone constant who has created it. That's God. Whereas we go, oh, all of these things are so fleeting. But everything is so fleeting because everything dies and everything is nothing. And so there must be nothing. And so our our, our outlook, our our anti-sacramental worldview doesn't help us. So that, that all of that is to say, because we don't have a natural sacramental worldview, don't immediately seek out confronting the void. Do it little by little and with friends. And a, and a priest, probably. And a priest, probably. And, and your favorite podcast, The Crunch. Yeah. Welcome uh, to The Voidcast. Welcome to The Voidcast. Uh, this is good. If you like these kinds of conversations, we have them every week we do. on The Crunch Catholic Podcast. Uh, you should come check them out. Get all your friends to come with us. And if you have any money, patreon.com slash the crunch. That is something that I do really like about our podcast is, you know, at, at a certain point when you start a podcast, we started our podcast when we were in college and we oh, just yeah. did it because we wanted to. And after a while, you have to think, what actually makes our podcast important? Like what actually, what, what is the purpose here? Sure. And I think the point of our podcast is to model and actually have conversations about difficult topics. Mm-hmm. because the two things that people avoid talking about right now are religion and politics. And that's all we talk about, baby. That's all we talk about, baby. And we don't hate one each other. One of us talks about religion and the other one talks about politics. <laughs> oh man. One of us is messy and the other one's more messy. Oh, let's live in a... one likes football. The other one likes books. Likes books. Uh... <laughs> <Likes> <laughs> <laughs> one has glasses. Anyway, um, and the other one also wears contacts. Hey, what hey, hey, hey. All right. no, they don't need to know that. It's an audio <laughs> podcast. Uh, let's let's do the the most sought after, the most prestigious, the segment, most celebrated, <laughs> the most celebrated and most criticized segment of the Crunch Podcast is Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner, baby. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. You came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. The, here's the problem with our podcast. We definitely do our, our segments in order from least interesting to most interesting. Absolutely. Uh Hot take time machine is kind of cute. The the the, int- the the main topic is great, but Doctor Ethan's dating corner is where we change lives and ruin yes. some. Yes. Okay. Just ch- what's what was the Eliezer episode? I don't remember the name of it, but um, 
Eliezer, if you're, it, if you're at Seek 21 right now, I know you're listening. And I know, I know you are listening. You, I know you, you thought you could podcast. escape us. I know we're, we're here. here. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll find the Eliezer. Just find it and edit it in. I don't know. Put it in the description. If you want to hear the best Dr. Ethan's dating quarter <laughs> episode ever. That was the worst. That was, it was, I, that was really bad. That was not it was fun. So, I was thinking about that for for days afterwards yeah. like weeks afterwards there was a there Someone, was a bad situation where a guy was like dating a girl but he really liked another girl and it was and just, they all listened to the podcast and they, all three of them listened to the podcast and he wrote in and was, he wrote in and i was like dude they know who you're talking about <laughs> yeah it was pretty oh so this the reason why we're doing this dr ethan's dating corner today is because it is a follow-up update from a whole year ago. So if you were at if you were at SLS twenty and you heard us give this fella advice, uh here you go. Uh referred to as Taylor Marshall's long lost twin brother, Mailer Tarshall. That's how he asked to be referred to. Uh he said, So we I'm gonna I did you read the messages? You read the messages, right? I did read I was, the messages. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask him I was gonna ask the question again and see if the advice lined up to see how much we've changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to just read the update? Please. Okay. Hi, I messaged you guys around a year ago on Twitter, back when the segment was Doctor Ethan Love Doctor rather Ugh. than Doctor Ethan's Dating Corner. <laughs> how the branding has changed regarding how to approach things with an ex girlfriend of mine. You guys featured it on the SLS Twenty Live podcast, which nearly gave me a heart attack because she was at SLS that year, and I wanted to write back saying you guys were completely right we got coffee a month ago and generally caught up and we are good platonic friends now she thinks she's gonna marry the guy that she was dating uh i'm genuinely happy for them so thanks for the great advice and reassurance dr mailer tarshall md phd uh mdiv sorry so he wrote in and he asked about he asked about whether he could stay friends with a girl after they broke up they were dating in high school and they left for college and then they broke up and she started dating someone and she wanted to remain friends with him and he was unsure as to how that looks ethan this is the only i'm sure this is the only guy who's ever been in that situation yeah he's wanted to stay friends with his ex-girlfriend so i don't know should we give him advice again no no i mean maybe listen you've you've heard us give our our take once you're you're in for a world of hurt it's just you just got to jump ship dog i only say that because i know there are people listening right now who are in this exact position there are people listening who think that they can stay friends with the girl that they dated that they still like that's dating another guy and gonna marry this other guy without being really sad and let me just tell you this you can't you can't do it let's let's think about the end of all of this right eventually hopefully you're gonna get married and you're just not gonna be able to be friends with women anymore that's just how it is you know, not it's like how it works. Not, not. I'm not saying that you can't talk to women, but I'm saying that eventually you're going to get to the point. Oh, where I'm you, saying that I'm you sure. can't have any close <laughs> friendships with women, and yeah. you can't look at them unless their ankles are covered. So <laughs> you got to keep you got to keep everything on guard. The name of the Eliezer episode is Kadir John, by the way. Oh yes, beautiful. Anyway. Um, Kadir John, I've, do we have a do we have a Doctor Ethan's dating corner that we've that anybody's written in? Do we have one that we can a new one? I want fresh blood in the water. You want fresh fresh blood in, in the? In I the want water. flesh blood in the water. Flesh blood in the water. Um, uh, looks like we're gonna have to pull out our ace in the hole. Oh no, Catholic Reddit. <laughs> okay, go on the Catholic dating subreddit. I'm gonna have to edit, I'm gonna have to do so much editing on this freaking podcast that we're not even getting fine. paid for. 
that we're not going to be getting. Hey, listen, we're getting paid in exposure. If this is, I'm, I'm just going to read this cold. And if this is bad, I have another idea and then we'll do our ace in the hole. Okay. Okay. Cool. So from the Catholic dating subreddit, really conflicted about affection before marriage. Okay. In theory, of course, if you like, oh, so this is a, this is a single, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Who knows? Okay. In theory, of course, if you like a girl or a guy and share the same values and outlook on life, then you will want to kiss them, cuddle them, and hold their hand. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> in theory. In theory. But on the other hand, if it doesn't work out, then you just kissed and affectionated with someone who wasn't your wife or husband. Affectionated? <laughs> and affe- it says it says it says that it, you just kissed and affectionate with someone. God, affectionate. Okay, I don't I know. Affectionated. <laughs> affectionated with someone who is not your wife or husband. So her, this person's, this person's struggle is. If let's you be like honest. This someone, is a this is a guy. Let's let's a, not let's not make any bones about this. This is a dude who's asking this question. On the other hand, if it doesn't work out, then you just kiss someone who is not your wife or husband. I just cannot seem to justify any affection before marriage. I don't know. It seems like a catch twenty two. On one hand, you're showing that you care for that person and you're attracted to them. On the other hand, you could potentially be kissing someone who is not your <laughs> wife or husband. And they could have cooties. Which I don't think should be a big, which which I don't know. Could it, is that a big deal or not? I have kissed two women and I regret it deeply. <laughs> I have kissed two women and I regret it deeply. Partly because I don't remember their names and partly because they won't be my wife. And I kissed two women in a passionate slash affectionate it way. Has, it has nothing to do with the mustache that she had on her upper lip. It has nothing to do with that. I ideally would have saved that for my current wife. <sighs> then there is the current culture. Mm-hmm. I doubt any woman these days, especially non-Catholics, would like the idea of not sharing a kiss with their boyfriend or cuddling and showing affection for one another. Okay, for so me, now he's dropped he's walk. dropped the whole the dichotomy of the the male women, and it's just he's just writing about being a guy now. Let's I know it's <laughs> he's like hypothetically, in theory, I have kissed two women. I don't remember their names, and I regret it. Also, why is he why is he freaking out about the current culture when he's talking about the fact that he's kissed two women and doesn't remember their names? Oh boy. Uh, finish the question. Finish the question. Finish okay, the question. okay, okay. Uh, have you For me it's a hard line to walk. Have any of you thought about this? Would engagement possibly give more free free room in showing affection, knowing that you are willing to commit to marriage and then building that intimacy? I can see that as a possibility. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Ethan, what are your thoughts on this? There's going to be a lot of Italians that are listening to this podcast that are that are freaking out because they've kissed, you know, all of their aunts, all of their grandmas. It's it's over for them. They weren't it's their over. wives. It's over. The Italians, the Italian continent is has been damned to hell because they've all kissed women that aren't their wives. What are what are we to do, Patrick? <laughs> Literally one of the top comments is, "Yeah, this is why exactly this is exactly why people on this page are still single." <laughs> really? That's yeah. <laughs> let's let's just be clear. I feel bad laughing at this guy, but because um, one, it is a genuinely a really sad thing to have kissed people and like not even know who they are. You know? Yeah. Like we've all been there. Some of us I have, have not I, been there. I always say we've all been there when it's just me. <laughs> and so, <laughs> sorry, did I dunk on you on accident? <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so that's that is a genuinely sad thing. Uh, but also it seems, but it, like it, it, in fairness, 
it seems like he's being a little sawdust in the eye there mm-hmm. where he's like, I doubt anyone in this current cult. It's like, obviously, he also subscribes to the current culture. This yeah. is the, one of the problems with scrupulosity. Or at least I had to, in the past. And he just yeah. feels guilty for subscribing in the past, you know? Oh, uh, okay. That, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I think this is one of the problems with scrupulosity is like, you don't see the real problem with your sin you just see what you perceive to be the sin so you're like well kissing is the sin that i struggle with and it's like that's not at all a sin it can be i mean it can be but just like neutral kissing with someone you're dating i don't know i think (laughs) let's think about situations where kissing is a sin right (laughs) funerals (laughs) (laughs) i think uh there's there's levels so if you're dating someone and you're in private, right? And you kiss them out of affection. That's fine. Yeah. If you kiss them because you're trying to arouse them, that's bad. Mm. If you are in public with this person that you're dating and you are very clearly trying to kiss them without showing any affection or to cause any arousal <laughs> in public, that's a sin. That's we've we've reached we've reached code alpha where it's like you're standing, your arms are down at your side, she's standing, her arms are down at her side. You both kind of lean forward and you Push the lips out as far as they go so that your faces don't touch. That kind of kissing, no good. It's it's not good for society. It's not good for the culture. I like to imagine that <laughs> I like to imagine that this guy kissed two girls that way. And now... <laughs> like the little precious moment statues, like the exactly <laughs> beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, the, I'm okay. so glad I it's, read this without any context. I'm glad um, it's it's not like you go into the confessional and be like, "Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I kissed someone." It's like, that's not a sin. The sin is lust. You know, it's like the sin is being attracted to someone is not a sin. Showing affection to someone is not a sin. Showing affection to someone who's not your wife. If that were true, then I couldn't, then, then our awkward hug that we gave each other at Seek 2017 would have been a sin. A mortal sin. A mortal sin. uh, Because it was with another guy. And so it's, you can't, can't hug your boys. Can't hug your ladies. Can't kiss your grandma. Can't be Italian. That's it. That's those are the rules. It's true. Uh, anyway, I have. We're not even going to transition into it. No. <laughs> okay. Hello, my friend. Hey, Luke. Uh, we we're running out of ideas for what to do on our seek episode, and so we called you, and you're live on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you loser. <laughs> Three thousand downloads. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's I have no idea what your guys' up downloads are, but <laughs> no, you hit it right on the head. How are you, Luke? <laughs> Tell Luke I said hi. Huh? Ethan says hi. No, he, you you can't hear him, but he can hear you. Oh, hi, Ethan. I miss you, man. Oh, I miss him too. More than that. <laughs> no, that totally makes perfect. Sense. Perfect. Um. Luke, what did you guys do for your podcast so that we can rip it off like we did our like we did your entire podcast? Okay, so one, we talked about how if you have oral sex, it means you are sexually active. Okay, okay. Two, cool. we talked about uh, I compared a ska song from the late of nineteen nineties, a Christian <laughs> ska song, and I um, showed how it's how the guy who sang sounded a lot like Ricky Martin. Okay, I don't understand. I don't know who any of those people are. Yeah, don't worry. You don't know who Ricky Martin is? No. Oh, wow. is that the guy from I Love Lucy? You guys are. Huh? Is that the guy from I Love Lucy? No. 
I really hate you both. Um, I think it might. No. When were you guys born? I was born in 1997. 96. Okay, yeah. So right around the time that you were born, ask your parents about who Ricky Martin is. They'll, okay. they'll be able to tell you. Uh, and then two other things that I remember what. Wow. Those are the two things that that Gomer that Gomer. Oh, and then we spent. Sorry. So those were the. So we we each brought up two topics. Those are my two. I don't remember what Gomer talked about. And then we went on for ten minutes about what our podcast is. Oh, nice. Yeah, we tried to do that, but it was very hard because we didn't prep it, and we feel weird about it. Or at least I do. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's always weird when you like aren't used to prepping it, and then, and then you do. It's like trying to ride a bike, except you know. In our case, tens of thousands are, like, hearing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for crashing our podcast another, oh, sure, another time. Happy to do it. Uh, and, like, honestly, everyone who is listening, the like, this is a great podcast. You guys have gotten very, very good at it. So you are much better than half of the crowd that's probably on the Seek podcast page. So We're going to put this uh, as our intro. That line is going to be the first <laughs> thing that we put yes. in the podcast. Luke Carey awesome. loves our podcast. You know, oh, and please listen to I'm the Catching Foxes. I'm sure you already know who we are, so it's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. We love you. All right, guys. Bye. I'll see you guys. Good bless. Bye. That was Luke Carey from Thank Catching you. Foxes. Go and listen to, to that podcast. Luke, is an annual tradition, crashes our live podcasts. Yes. Uh, all right. I really got to go. I got things to do. And, and you got a podcast to edit. I got a podcast to edit. We've got a conference to run. It's Seek 21, baby. Uh Usually at the end of every podcast, we have Patrick give some words of wisdom. Uh, we don't really have any social media, so we're not going to plug any social media. So I'm just going to say, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Don't listen to any other podcasts ever again. Just this this exact episode on repeat until you die. That's the void, baby. That's the void, baby. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.